The views and opinions of today's broadcast is not necessarily the views or opinions of the TJRS Radio Network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is June 20th, 2021. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And here are the topics that we will discuss coming up next right here on the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. So I'm very honored to say that my endorsement means more than any endorsement that has ever been given by anybody. I'll be working and getting a lot of great people elected, and then uh, we'll be making a decision on 2024. But if you look at the numbers, uh, people are liking me more now than ever before. Now to another case. This man has served 43 years behind bars, and while the prosecutor says he was wrongly convicted and wants him to be set free, the Missouri Supreme Court said no. We can't rest to the promise of equality is fulfilled for every one of us in every corner of this nation. That, to me, is the meaning of Juneteenth. That's what it's about. So let's make this this very Juneteenth tomorrow the first that our nation will celebrate all together as one nation. A Juneteenth of action on many fronts. Governor Greg Abbott at the Alamo today signing seven bills which expand gun rights across Texas. The laws become effective in September. Online radio at its best. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for a new day. Thank you that your compassion is renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness and your steadfast love, O Lord. I don't know what all is going to happen today and how much I'll get done, but you do. So I give this day to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Father. Energize me for your work because you know how tired these bones are. Awaken me to the wonder of your salvation and quicken my spirit to the reality of your work in my life. Lord, my mind is filled with creative ideas, but they're all jumbled. Holy Spirit, come and hover over my mind like you hovered over the waters at creation and speak order out of the chaos. Help me to cease striving and to trust that you will give me all I need today to do the work you've given me to do. You will be faithful to complete the good work you've started. And as I step out into my day, I declare your sovereignty over every area of my life. I entrust myself to you and ask that you use me however you see fit. This day is yours, 
My body is yours. My mind is yours. Everything I am is yours. May you be pleased with me today. Amen. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side of the J. Roush. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And of course, I never share the stage by myself. Vanessa Maybell is in the house. Johnny D in the place to be, and the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side. Good morning to all, Vanessa. Good morning, and uh, please wish uh, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, a happy Father's Day for me. How are you? Good morning. Happy Father's Day. And everyone on the panel, and everyone to Thank the sound you. of my voice, Bobby Jones. I mean, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby heard you. <laughs> I almost called it Bobby Jones. Bobby heard you. So happy Father's Day to you from him. <laughs> oh wow! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Johnny D, my man. Happy Father's Day, man. To one of the greatest dads I know. To one of the best people I know. And. Uh, I'm just so happy, man, that you are back in my life. Good morning to you on this beautiful Father's Day. How are you? I am certainly, certainly honored by by those those words of of, of gratitude and uh, such high high remarks. Uh, I can I can say sometimes I'm worthy and sometimes I'm not, but I'll accept him today on this Father's Day. So, good morning to you and good morning to. Miss Vanessa and Brother Les and Brother Jerome and all the other contributors uh, to the show and to those individuals that allow us not to come to their home and to all of the fathers out there, um, the current, past, and future fathers. Uh, it is an honor to be in those those ranks and an honor to be a father. Um, like I don't think there's anything more that... Uh, Mm. I'm milked for and built for than, than that there. So good morning to mm. everyone and thank you. Hey man, look at you, boy. Like I said, the smoothest brother from the Carolinas, love him. Mr. Elias, happy Father's Day, brother. Even though I know you have no kids of your own, you have all these other kids that you've adopted. And I tell you what, I think my kids love you more than they love me. Happy Father's Day, man. How are you on this beautiful <laughs> Sunday morning? <laughs> hey man, good morning, good morning. Happy Father's Day to all those brothers out there. And, uh, man, yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you. And good morning to you, Vanessa. Wong. Good morning, with Sister. Wong. Good morning, Marianne Music. Wong. Good morning, Kathleen Williams. Wong. Good morning, my brother, Hulk. Happy Father's Day. And good morning, my brother, Jerome. Happy Father's Day. And good morning to you, Jay. Happy Father's Day thank to you, brother. too, my brother. <laughs> thank you so much, Ms. Elias. I'm three, four, seven. You want to smile, Vanessa? Y'all made me smile this morning. All three of y'all just showing such love. I got the biggest grin on my face this morning. Just hearing y'all love for each other. It just, I 
I'm glad that you made it. Y'all got, I got the biggest smile on my face. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. This is our period anyway. The number is 347-850-1672 uh, is our calling number. We have a lot to talk about this morning, but we're going to take a few minutes as we always do. And I, I want to just take a few minutes here. I think last week, you know, I told everyone what was happening with me in my life from a personal standpoint when my dear friends passed away. Her home homegoing service was yesterday. It was a beautiful service. Uh, it was just a touching tribute to such a fabulous woman. So I'm going to dedicate today's show once again to Sister Christine East, one of the most inspirational people I ever met in my life. And I know you're here in spirit, Sister. I love you so, so much. My God, well, it was a hard day for us, Mr. Elias, but uh, she was laid to rest, and it was just a beautiful ceremony, man. Mm. Wow, man, I'm I'm glad it was a beautiful ceremony, man, but I know it's always a touching touching subject, man, when somebody passes on, man, but you, you know, sometimes you learn to live with it, you don't, you don't live with it, you learn to live with it, and I, that's, that's all you can do, man, you just keep going on, man, and know that that person is always watching over you and loving on you, man, from there, from up above, man. Absolutely, man. Well said, my brother. Let's bring in two of our sisters here in the last two minutes we have. Let's bring in Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Welcome into the show. How are you? I am doing well. Happy Father's Day to all of the awesome and wonderful fathers out there. Love you all. Love you all. See the brothers, uh, the good brothers on this stage right here. Love you all. Love you all. Love you all. Love you too, Jackie. Love you too. Got all the love in the room. Tell you what, boy, it's getting ridiculous. Let's bring in the fabulous Momo BZ. What's going on, Momo B? How are you? Good to hear your voice. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I am wonderful. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the world. Happy Father's Day. Yay. It's nice to hear y'all. Miss Elias, I see you, boo. You could have been my baby hey, daddy. You, you, front doing, baby? you could have been my baby daddy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, happy, happy Father's Day to all of y'all. Hey, wow, Jackie. Wow. Um, Vanessa, Hi, hello, everybody that's here. Hello. I just want to say um, happy Father's Day to you all. And if I can for a minute, I want to wish, well. Um, Absolutely. Uh, well, I had my, um, one of my first loves, he died like seven days ago. And he, oh he missed his Father's Day. And I just want oh. to wish him a happy Father's Day. And he was he was so nice. I can't even believe it. But it's all right. We all got to go sometimes. That's what they say. So I guess I might as well take off my shoes and get ready. <laughs> oh, most stop saying that. Look, you hang out with us this morning. It's good. I want to hear you this morning. I want you to hang out. If you can hang out with us, hang out with us. We'd love to get your opinion on a lot of things. We have a lot to talk about. Love you, sweetheart, and I hate that you had to go through that. But, you know, like they yeah. say, uh, you know, we, we, we live to die, and, you know, and they say we're supposed to cry birth and uh, and celebrate a death. We so, uh, to death. Yeah, absolutely. So, wow, just uh, just uh, sorry to hear you going through that, but uh, obviously, you, know, you can hear the pain in your voice. Hang out with us this morning if you can. All right, three four seven eight five zero. Oh my God, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I guess they're telling us we have to go. All right, it's time to step out, take a break. We'll be right back with the the agenda that we have this morning. A lot to talk about. The fabulous Momo B is in the house as well. Keep it right here. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listening to the serious side of the J Ross Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online. Radio at its best. So I'm very honored to say that my endorsement means. 
Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Tropical depression Claude Dad still soaking the south today, bringing the risk of more flash of flooding from Florida up through the Carolinas. But NPR's Amy Held reports that across the country, the danger is coming from widespread heat and drought. Claudette is set to move back out to sea by tomorrow, but already it's spurred floods and tornadoes, including in Escambia County, Alabama, where officials say several people were injured and dozens of homes damaged. Donna Cousineau is glad she made it out safely. I'm 76 years old and lived a long time. I've never seen anything like this one. That was pretty bad. Across the country in the Southwest, officials say the intense heat is contributing to a wildfire about 100 miles north of Phoenix. Olivia Schiffer was among the area residents forced to evacuate. My neighbor called me from the valley and he says, hey, it's go. Get out of there now. We did. Forecasters say the heat is expanding northward into the Pacific Northwest. Amy Held, NPR News. The Veterans Health Administration will soon begin offering gender confirmation surgery. NPR's Cool Lawrence reports that the uh, VA Secretary announced a change at a Pride event in Florida. Speaking in Orlando, VA Secretary Dennis McDonough said Veterans Health Care would move to expand from offering only hormone treatment and mental health counseling to include gender confirmation surgery. McDonough mentioned the Pulse nightclub shooting five years ago in his remarks. He said that LGBTQ plus veterans have higher rates of mental illness and suicidal thoughts, but are less likely to seek routine care, in part because they fear discrimination. McDonough also said he would work to make the VA a more welcoming place for the roughly 8% of staff who identify as LGBTQ plus. Quill Lawrence, NPR News. Fort Lauderdale Mayor Dean Chantalis was at the Pride Parade in the nearby city of Wilton Manors last night when a driver slammed into people at the start of the parade. All of a sudden, this white pickup truck dashed right through the crowd, barely missing uh, Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz's car uh, by inches, and just dashed, cut through, smashed through a gate, smashed into a landscaping company, and, and, and he hit two people. One person was killed, another injured. Local reports cite the president of the Fort Lauderdale Gay Men's Chorus as saying the driver and the victims were a part of the chorus family. The driver is in custody. Authorities have not said whether they think the crash was intentional. The hatch is open and two spacewalking astronauts are heading outside the International Space Station this morning. This latest spacewalk is aimed at advancing work on the station's solar array. They're installing new solar panels at the opening outpost. You're listening to NPR News. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Online radio at its best. So I'm very honored to say that my endorsement means more 
than any endorsement that has ever been given by anybody. I'll be working and getting a lot of great people elected, and then uh, we'll be making a decision on 2024. But if you look at the numbers, uh, people are liking me more now than ever before. <laughs> Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. It's uh, 15 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rowell Show. Trump's longtime ally, Roger Stone, says the former president must prepare to be indicted for fraud in the coming weeks. Stone, a longtime friend and former advisor to Donald Trump, said in an interview with InfoWars on Friday that he believes that the former president would face indictment intimately. That's where we'll start with our conversation this morning. Uh, let's start with you, Mr. Elias. Um, we've had this conversation a thousand times on this show, it seems, when he talk about Donald Trump. But Donald Trump is who he is, and I think it's you know, our job to make sure that we call him out on nonsense and track this man's path to possibly penitentiary. So what do you think, Mr. Elias? Do you think this guy is going to be indicted with everything that's going on in New York? Do you think an indictment is coming soon? And if the answer is yes, tell me when. Uh, I would possibly think by step yes, I do think he's going to be indicted. And I, I don't think New York is playing around. I think by either August or September he'll be indicted, to be honest. August or September, that's, that's, that's soon. Okay, and yeah. what do you think he's going to be indicted on? What, what, what do you think the charges uh, are going to be? Fraud, fraud, fraud with, the, uh, with ta- tax fraud. And um, uh, fraud with the uh, with his uh, foundation, you know. I, I think he's well, they shut that down. Do you think? Coming. Are you talking about the Trump Foundation is shut down? So are you talking about maybe campaign yeah. uh, contribution fraud somewhere along those lines? That and the foundation. They they from what I've been reading, they're still investigating. I know they shut it down, but they still said there was a lot of fraud in there, man. Oh, interesting. Okay, I thought that was done. Okay. All right, um, Vanessa, same question to you. What do you think? I pray he gets indicted for something, and I don't care what it is. I just hope it happens. <laughs> well, that was quick. I well, yeah, I pray that something. They to, <laughs> yeah, they just need to get him on something. I don't care if it's. Jaywalking. They just need to find something that'll be a felony where he can't run. Don't care what it is. Oh, wow. Make it Tell happen, us how you New really York. Feel. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen, New York. There you go. So Vanessa is uh, she's leading the chant for make it happen, New York, make it happen. All right, we have ladies, and I know Johnny D would want them to go first. All right, so uh, let me ask you, Jackie, same question for you. Uh, do you think this guy is going to be indicted anytime soon? Give me a time frame, and uh, what do you think the charges will be? Uh, hmm. Well, he definitely should be indicted um should be sometime I, I would say if we're if we're blessed sometime this year she said blessed no i i just the foolishness that has been going on in regards to him just i, I mean it's mind boggling to me i don't know why he hasn't been indicted already and i don't care if he was in the seat of the presidency i mean just the stuff that he's done. I'm just shocked he hasn't been indicted already. 
Yeah. You know, Momo B, my question to you will have a slightly different twist to it because same question, but 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 here here's the twist. Um, this guy has gotten away with everything from paying strippers to, uh, you know, uh, having his family do business while he was the president. Uh, you, you talk about breaking the law as far as, you know, dignitaries staying at his properties while he was president. I mean, so what makes anyone think that if a guy who's done this stuff in broad daylight, and not to mention the two impeachments, why do we think that anything can stick to this guy? I mean, I guess, you know, Teflon Don is an appropriate uh, nickname for this clown. What say you in regards to Donald Trump and an possible indictment coming soon? Um, it's it's nice that we think that something's going to happen. But I know better. Just like my brother always said, you're a pessimist. You're a pessimist. You don't never look at the bright side. of it. Something might, good might happen. Well, when something good happens, I'll be the first one to jump up and clap. But until then, I'm telling you, ain't nothing going to happen to this man. It should have been happening. If he was a black brother up there going through all this, he would have been out and about, kicked out, struck out. He would have been gone already. And we already know that. So I don't understand why we keep having the same conversations about the same crap. White people don't get punished, never, and black people do. So why we keep having the same conversation? Every month is a different name, but it's the same conversation. Nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing's going to happen to the police officers. Nothing's going to happen to the president. Nothing's going to happen to nobody unless they're black. Then something's going to happen. And that's just the bottom line. I don't know why everybody's so shocked and surprised every time. I'd be sitting there like, what? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Line. You're right. It's interesting you say that because I know that when Barack Obama wore a tan suit to the Oval Office, every Republican with within a microphone was ready to uh, for him to be impeached, Johnny D. So, Johnny D. Now, here's the deal, and I think the reason why people are thinking that there's an indictment coming soon is because of the pressure that the uh, uh, that the New York District Attorney is putting on Alan Wessenberg. I mean, they're really they're saying, look, guy. You're going to go to jail. You're an old man. We're going to get you. So in order for you to get out of this possible life sentence, because anything over 10 years could be considered life for this man, especially at his age, when you start saying you want to see your grandkids, when you start throwing all these things out here, unless you are a damn fool, you know, you should start singing like a canary. So a lot of people think the reason why an indictment is soon is because of the fact that they got this guy Alan Wesselberg, and uh, they think they're going to make this guy break. What say you? Well, I will save you some time. Uh, I'm not doing criminals today, so um, I'm not talking about Trump. Uh, I'm not talking about Wesselberg and his $25 million lawsuit. So, um, <laughs> like I said, I'm going to enjoy this day. Um, you know, John Lewis. I'll be honest, the John Lewis Voting Rights and Amendment Act um, scheduled for June 22nd is, is far more important than, than that criminal, so I'm not doing Trump today. But guess what, though? I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because here's an issue, and this is, and this is, and you know, Mr. Elias and, and Johnny, I want you to comment on this. This is the residue from his presidency. Right. I mean, these are things that are sitting out there when Mitch McConnell was in charge. None of this stuff happened. You know, we're still trying to fight this deal. So let me change it real quick in the last few minutes we have in this topic, because I'm glad you brought that up. So what do you think is going to happen with that? Because Republicans are putting so many different laws in place to try to stop to, you know, to create voter uh, suppression. We're going to talk about that in our fourth segment 
today about what's happening in Texas, which is just ridiculous. But but what do you think, John, in regards to that? What do you think is going to happen? You know, we we live in a in a world of of, of extreme. It's, it's it's all or none. You know, I look at at one side where you've got you know this this fool Mitch McConnell um, who is just power stricken, who's already saying that he's not going to support the bill. Right. Which is no surprise. And then you got the other extreme, which is the AOCs of the world, who are who are bashing Stacey Abrams, who has done more for voting rights than than, than she will ever do. So it's the, an extreme. It's, it, it's you either got to be for me or against me. Uh, I'm one who really doesn't oppose uh, the amendment that she is talking about or the support for Mansion. I'm not a Mansion. Um, uh, yeah. Advocate, Supporter, okay? yeah, he's, I, he's I, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I I think he's I think he's a clown himself, uh, in in some instances as well, kind of grasping for power. But yep. is it is it is it far reaching to say that prove who they are when they go to to vote? I don't think so. And that's the, that's the one thing that she said that she supports is is you know a form of ID. And you know now you got both sides who are polarizing her as if she's. She's she's so anti-voting rights act, and she's done far more than than either of those those two predecessors. Uh, so no, the bill will be dead on arrival, which is which is sad because I don't think that they will muster the votes simply because of you know what McConnell was saying, and then of course what the progressives are, are trying to muster up. Um, and and we, we're just in an, an extreme world where it's it's you know we we came up in a generation where. Compromise was the standard. Now it's right. either you're for or against me, you know, and that right there is is where we need to really sit down and pray. And I think that that what leads to what we'll talk about later on, which is all the violence that's going on in the world. You know, there's there's no there's 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 just extremism that's going on on both sides, and it's and it's dangerous for America and the progress of of our families moving forward. Let me jump in here real quick because I don't want to lose my train of thought because I'm forgetful in my later days. You said something that I definitely want to talk about and push back on a little bit because I think a lot of people are saying the reason why requiring voter ID, putting voter ID laws in place is that we're talking about senior citizens who back in the day – who don't who don't have a driver's license or are in a situation where maybe their their birth certificate was lost because of what had happened to black people a long time ago. So those types of individuals, you know, how do they prove who they are? And the reason why people think Republicans are putting this into law is because, first of all, once again, this is a residue of the lie that Donald Trump told about the 2020 elections, but also the fact that here we are, there's a lot of folks in those older generations who didn't have the ability to get some of this stuff. And so they're saying, look, by creating these mandatory voter ID laws or making them stricter, then at the end of the day, you're really uh, uh, erasing are purging the voting rolls because you're creating these things. You should make it easier for people to vote, not harder. So what is your response to that? Because, see, that's what my problem is with this whole thing. You know, it, it really depends on your, your, your state legislators and what form okay. of verification that, that they allow. I, I don't think that right. there's any person who is an anonymous 
in in today's society. Uh, you 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 receive mail, you receive checks, you receive some type of compensation of right. which you had to prove your identity. So. You know, I I just don't buy the notion that there is no way that you can prove who you are in your existence, and for for that alone, I'm a, I've always been a supporter of that, and I will continue to be a supporter of that, regardless of of what you know some of the counterparts uh, indicate. You know, is is you know there, there there is no sense to think that you know because we are you know, African-American, that, that, that we're in such a, a, a desperate state that we can't prove who we are. We do it every day. You know, again, it really boils down to your state and local officials and what right. forms of identification that you allow. And that's where right. you got to get involved. You got to be advocate. You got to get out there. You got to, you got to vote as, as, as let's say every week, uh, you got to vote on individuals right. who are going to support the agenda where it's not going to be extremists. We know what the Republican Party is trying to do. They want to lessen the number of people who come to the polls because that's the only way that they can win. But at the same time, you counteract that by having those advocacy groups out there who are sitting there saying, you know what, this is what we will support here. But to think that, you know, you, by you having to, uh, you know, identify who you are, it makes Stacey Abrams and anyone else who support it, you know, less, less democratic or, or, you know, anti, you know, vote. I just think that uh, that's an extremism. No, I yeah, I never said that. I agree with you on that one, Mr. Elias. Let me let me float around to you in the last two minutes we have left in this segment. Uh, Johnny D brings up an excellent point about the Voting Rights Act. Uh, but you know, my grandmother, you know, she she didn't have her ID. You know, mm-hmm. and like he said, I think the key here is okay. What are they going to accept is a reasonable proof of who you are? Because the, the you know some of these states are saying you have to have this, and knowing that elderly Americans cannot obtain. Those credentials. So what you're doing is systematically purging the roles. Let me give you the last word, sir, in the last 60 seconds we have left in this segment. Well, you know, bottom line, my mom was one of those people who didn't have a birth certificate either. So, right. you know, she told us she was born in 1920. But, you know, they, 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 they put her as 1924. So, you know, she, she did have a driver's license, though. But... Uh, you know, as she got older, she didn't renew it. So you got to have a that what they what see people be able to realize is when you older, they see you got to have a valid ID. And if you don't have a valid driver's license or a valid ID, and you're old and you don't drive anymore, and your your people are taking you to your to because we used to take my mother to the voting polls to vote, and she didn't have a valid driver's license, so she couldn't yeah. vote. You know, she's been voting for years. So when is when is the nonsense in? You know, you know these people. If I got a, if I got a, 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 a bill, a light bill, a gas bill, or an electric bill, shouldn't I be allowed to, along with that same ID? Shouldn't I be? But yeah. no, they're stopping that too. So, you know, I get it. it it's, it's bad, man. It, it's stopping you to vote. It, it's suppressing the vote, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, anytime they try to create a situation where you can't vote or try to find ways to systematically, officially purge people from the pile, from the voting files, uh, roles, I should say, is ridiculous. And uh, so, yeah, we, we definitely need to get out. I agree with what Johnny said. You know, you need to get out there um, and uh, be active and let your voice be heard because I think it's important. All right, due to the recent mass shootings that have been taking place all over America, we are airing a four-minute or less segment that really aired last month. 
uh, to continue to shed light on this disturbing trend. So you know what time it is. It's convenient time. Don't go anywhere. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Online radio at its best. Georgia and Colorado, the debate pertaining to gun control is back in the headlines. In this week's edition of In 4 Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, NPR's Scott Simon recounts some of the lives lost to gun violence in the past weeks, both in and out of the spotlight. It's Kavina time. In 4 Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. Flags were lowered to half-staff last week to remember the eight people killed by gun violence at spas in Georgia. And again this week for the ten people killed in a Boulder, Colorado supermarket. Those crimes and tragedies made national news and revived painful questions about race, gender, and gun violence in America. Last Saturday, a peace march was held in southwest Philadelphia to call for an end to gun violence there. Marchers gathered not far from where a 15-year-old boy named Antonio Walker had been shot to death a few days before. Police say it was a random act of violence, but of course the loss was direct and devastating to Antonio Walker's friends and family. He was a great track star and was trying to start his own clothing line. His mother, Nidesha Williams, told local reporters, I will be mourning for the rest of my life. Across town that very morning, five people were wounded and a 29-year-old man killed in a neighborhood called Nicetown. Police haven't released the name of the man who died. He was shot 14 times. The sad fact is that every day shootings occur in America that shatter multiple lives. Almost none get national attention. Last year, as the coronavirus pandemic upended our lives in so many ways, the U.S. also had the record-breaking year for gun deaths. In the past week, as America mourned the lives lost in Atlanta and then Boulder, five people were shot at a nightclub in Houston. Eight people were shot at a nightclub in Dallas. One of them, Daisy Navarretta, died. She just turned 21 and wanted to go to nursing school. She was a beautiful, happy girl, her mother, Judith Gonzalez, told the Dallas Morning News. She had a lot to live for, but not anymore, because now she's gone. How did a person get in there with a gun, she asked. Two people, Keandre Austin and Giangela Rivers, were shot to death early Monday at a restaurant in Cleveland. Two others who were also shot have been arrested in connection with the violence. Two people were injured and two died in a shooting in Aliceville, Alabama, including LeCurtis Pebbles, a high school football player. His aunt, Josie Guyton, told ABC 3340 he was just 18 and had his whole life to live. I don't know why somebody would want to take his life like that, she said. It's just tragic. It is also a tragic fact that even before we could speak these words, there were shootings overnight in Virginia Beach. Somewhere in America, more people whose names we don't yet know, may never know, are being wounded and killed with guns. Our flags could be at half-staff any week of the year. America is starting to breathe again. 
a decent man as president, a plan to protect us. It feels almost normal, but it's not. Republicans still will not admit that President Biden was legally elected, which means they don't believe in democracy. They believe an election is only legitimate if they win. That's not democracy. Their plan? Pass voter suppression bills to block minorities from voting. Take back Congress. Impeach President Biden. We refuse. We refuse to accept the end of the American experiment. We refuse to allow anti-democratic autocrats to steal our country. We choose to fight. And we will not lose. Join us. On Tuesday, the Missouri Supreme Court declined to hear Kevin Strickland's attempt to exonerate himself. As Caitlin mentioned, Strickland has spent the last 43 years in prison for a shooting that killed three people and left one more dead. Or injured, rather, back in 1978. Welcome back in. 347 36 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowe Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Like the lady said, the Missouri Supreme Court on Tuesday declined to hear Mr. Strickland's attempt to exonerate himself. Uh, he had been in prison for 43 years uh, for a shooting that left three people dead and one other injured uh, on August 25, 1978. Now, Robert Hoffman, a volunteer attorney on the Strickland's case, said that the fight is far from over, describing Strickland's reaction as stoic when he learned the request that his request had been denied. The attorney said the next step would be to file a similar petition in the 43rd Circuit Court in Cape County in Missouri, Kansas City. We'll start right there, 347 Let me start this segment off with you, Vanessa. Let me give you a little bit more history on this. Now, the district attorney office who put this man in jail stood up and she actually went on the Rachel Maddow show and she talked about how profound sorry she is that this has happened and that she's going to do everything in her power to have this man released. Now, she made this statement uh, over 40 days ago, and yet this man still sits in jail with the Missouri governor saying it's not a priority of his to grant a pardon for this man, even though he's granted 33 pardons in the last two weeks. But this is not a priority. You're wrongfully accused. You know, the witness, which he was jailed and convicted based on one witness's account, she has come back and recanted her story and said it's not him. Uh, she was actually she was actually one of the people that were injured in this attack. She said she was mistaken. It wasn't him. Let him go. The people who actually did it say, hey, that guy wasn't even there that day. And yet he still sits in jail because a Republican governor says, uh, you know, not priority. I got other things to do. Meanwhile, I'll pardon you know thirty nine other people for whatever. Let's talk about it, Vanessa. Uh, give me your thoughts on this one. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm not familiar with this, but even if I'm not familiar with it, you're telling me that somebody who should be released is not released. Because the governor feels like he just don't feel like releasing him. Kind of like what Kamala Harris did to me, holding on somebody in jail. You know what I'm saying? Is, is that what you're talking about? Something like that? 
Well, you know, the thing is, what I'm talking about is systematic racism. That's what I'm talking about. The fact that this man has spent 40 – this story hit me so hard that I'm just – I got sick. I mean, physically. Because all of a sudden, I transformed into that jail cell. 43 years. You're going to stand in front of a mic and say, I'm profoundly sorry. I'm sorry. It's not like maybe you took money from him and you can give it back. You can't give a person 43 years of their life back. Time back. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. get that back. That's true. That is your and so every day, right. every day he sits in jail now is a travesty because they've are, the district attorney's office is the one who locked him up. They're saying, look, put this guy out. And they won't sign. The governor will. Not only does the, the governor can uh, release this guy, just give him a pardon and get it over with, but he can also sign into law a law that will allow the district attorney to release this man. And he hasn't done either. So I, you don't need to be familiar with the case. You, you lived your life. You know what this is all about. So you're telling me that he did 43 years in jail, and now that they know he actually can be free, he has not freed him after 40 He is still in jail as you and I are having a conversation. He is still in jail today on Father's Day. He was 18. Oh, my God. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. I mean, you know what? It's just that's horrible. Somebody is, oh, I can't say that because you'll get in trouble. You know what? The governors, these Republican governors, they got a lot of stuff to answer for. They got a lot of stuff to answer for. What what do they have to answer for? Their behavior has gotten them more gubernatory seats. They keep cheating to change the lines so they can stay in power. Who who are they going to answer to, Vanessa? Who? Oh, well, there you go. That's the ultimate ultimate judge. That's what I see. I'm saying they've got a lot to answer for. They're not going to answer for it from us because they're still going to be running, and you've got Republican people that's just going to love them except for Abbott. Even the Republicans are starting to dislike Abbott. But he's another story. But I still think that they all got something to answer for, and that man is horrible. Can he sue them like they can sue in Texas when you put them in jail and they shouldn't have been in jail? Can he not well, sue them? Well, I'm it not familiar with. Back, but can he sue them? I, I'm not familiar with uh, their laws in regards to that. I know some states when you people are wrongfully convicted. Yeah, you can now. You can. Yeah, well, yeah. They well, I know that some. Money. Yeah, exactly. They give them X amount of dollars for every year they were wrongfully uh, convicted. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Mr. Elias, we did a story on uh, a situation where the state acknowledged that this man, and I can't remember the situation, but the state acknowledged that he was wrongfully accused, and he was supposed to give them $13 million, and they were fighting that, not giving them his $13 million after that guy. I think he spent 30-plus years in jail. And so, you know, here we are, a guy who's – he was locked up in 1978. I mean, this guy doesn't know what the heck's going on. He's he, he's going to have that on, on his record for the rest. You're going to exonerate him. Really? Imagine spending 43 years in prison, Mr. Elias, for a crime that you did not commit. He wasn't even there. Hmm. Wow. And Mike Parson, that's the Missouri governor, uh, and it's not a priority of mine. 
He had been in jail for 43 years, Negro, sitting there for another whatever. Unbelievable. Your thoughts? Well, Richard Price said it best. Justice is just us. Look, man, this is this is this is un this is unbelievable to me that you could just sit there and 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 ha- and be a human being and not have a conscience and see that this man has suffered for forty three years for something he did not do. But you know, if you look at some of the cases like the, the Just Mercy case in Alabama, the one guy that, that he he got out of jail, and the guys they arrested him and they told him, hey. You know, you look like you could shoot somebody, so we're gonna put you on death row. He had to spend he had to spend thirty some years in jail for that. It, it, this this it all falls around us. It all falls, you know. A lot of these cases fall around us. I shouldn't say it all of it, but a lot of it falls around us because this is the justice system that that, that they created. So for people to tell me that systematic racism doesn't exist or white privilege don't exist, you can kiss all parts of my behind because you're lying to me. It just—it makes no absolutely no sense for this man to sit in jail when people are saying he did not commit it, he wasn't even there, and hey, it doesn't make a difference. We're gonna take you to jail anyway. Wow, this, it just—it's—it's unbelievable. He should as soon as they, as soon as the evidence came out, there should have been a, never been another day he spent in jail, and they should have paid this man his money, paid him money, to, and, and, and just and left it at that, man. But no, what do they do? They keep hampering. They keep. They keep. They keep just going at him and leaving him in jail. This is crazy. I, I, it's, it's, it's disgusting, man. It, it, it makes me, it forms something in the pit of my stomach, man, that I just, I mean, I am so livid behind this. You know, a few years back in Kathleen, I love her to death. I remember I said, and people were against me, and I got a lot of negative uh, messages on this one, but I'll say it again. I think that if you're a prosecutor and you wrongfully put someone in jail, I think your behind should go to jail. And people, oh, well, that, you, you can't do that. Why, why not? Why not? Because if you know your ass is on the line, you would take the extra precautions to make sure that that evidence is airtight. You're going to make sure you cross all your T's and dot all your I's because you know that, damn it, it's like, you know, and I know this is a stretch, Momo B, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. It's like when you watch these action movies. All these guys are right out here shooting and banging because they know they ain't going to get killed. They ain't no dang on real bullets. You ain't going to run out there like Rambo. But guess what? If if uh, if it was some real bullets rolling, you wouldn't be seeing nobody running across there holding Because you know there's no repercussion. So for me, when we talk about these uh, 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 AGs and these prosecutors, if you know that if you make a mistake, your butt could be in jail. You can serve. Hey, you, you ain't got to serve forty three years, but I think there should be a mandatory five year sentence if you wrongfully convict somebody. That's what I think. Well, I I, I think what I think I, I agree with you somewhat. If you wrongfully convict somebody, there should be a, a a penalty. They should get something for sitting in jail for forty three years. Of course, he's owed something, but it's not from the prosecutor. The prosecutor just doing their job. Just like the defense attorney got a right to do his job, just like the 12 jurors sitting up there who y'all want to decide their fate, they doing their job. Now, I used to think that we shouldn't have just 12 people of our peers on a, on a uh, thing, on a jury, sitting here deciding my fate. I, w- I don't even know 12 people that I would trust to decide my fate, <laughs> so let alone some strangers. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. I always thought 
because I went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice, and I always believed way back then that the jury should be like a special select individual who know how to separate truth from lies, who know how to deal without emotions. Like I thought it should be a certain amount of, I mean, a specific type of person who serves on the jury, not 12 people who just randomly send notes home, you got to come to a jury duty. I'm like, what? Why would I do that? I don't believe that it should be those type of people, even though they they scoop it up to be, oh, yeah, the jury of your peers. Yeah, that's going to work. It ain't been working, and I don't think it's going to work. So you can't blame the, the prosecution for doing a job when the defense is bullcrap. So they don't have money well, for no well, well, other people. I don't know. And then the jury will sit there, and they say, mm, yeah, we agree. We yeah. agree. Well, well, let me say this to that, you know, because this gets into something that I talked about with voting. You know, I said the same thing about voting. And people say, well, that's a poll tax. I'm like, how are you going to have folks? It's like you're interviewing, you know, when when, when CEOs of organizations, uh, uh, Jackie, uh, uh, they, when they hire a CEO or when they hire the board of directors, they bring in specialists from all over the world. They have folks that go through this person's record through and through and through. And you have some executive, smart, intelligent agencies you know, doing the the work that they need to do uh, as far as to make sure that this person is, you know, the best possible candidate for the job, their due diligence. That's the term I was looking for. And now you have right. people who don't even know who the vice president is voting to put somebody in office. So, you know, I hear right. what Mo will be saying, but at the end of the day, that is the system. And even though I do, I hear what she's saying in regards you can't blame someone for doing their job, that's the same thing you say about Donald Trump. Over, you know, over 500 people died of COVID because he was, quote, unquote, doing the job that he thought he was supposed to do. And he just walks away. It was a mistake. No, people die. So when you, you know, it's like saying that you can't sue medical doctors. If that's the case, then take away the medical lawsuits. If we're going to use that same type of uh, thought process, the doctor was just doing their job. Ooh, they made a mistake and hit an artery and killed you. Well, you can't really blame them because they were trying to do their job. I think there's a line there, and it was the same to me, because at the end of the day, they made a mistake, (laughs) and they they put somebody in jail that shouldn't have been in jail. It's the same to me. Jackie, what's your opinion? I don't want to hear from you no more. We don't agree. I don't want to talk to you no more. Jackie, go ahead. I don't want to talk to that woman. She's crazy. Go ahead, uh, Jackie. What say you? Well, you can't even bring Trump into this situation because you got to go by somebody who was actually trying to do their job. Message, first of all, mm-hmm. wasn't trying okay. to be. He was shocked that he was president when he found out. Yeah, I agree with that. And him out of this conversation. But, yeah, um, it, it, it's just, as a whole, disgusting. It's, it's disgusting that he, I mean, he was 19 years old when he went in. I mean, his whole life was in prison. And and the and the governor talking about he, he, he don't have no time. He, he, he would have time if the, if the, the man was white. Or you had time to, hey, overlook, to overlook Trump mess. <laughs> But you don't have no time to figure out. It, it's it's just disgusting, and I agree with you. If they, if prosecutors were up against, you know what? If if I don't do my due diligence, I may end up in jail. They they do a better job of 
really trying to uh, figure out what's really the deal. But because exactly. it's a black man, because it's a black man, we don't care. Yeah, we don't have time right. to. Uh, it's but not a priority. Well, yeah, people are protesting, but but at the end of the day, but it doesn't matter. People can stand outside with signs all day long. If I'm looking through the prison windows, I'm like, great, but I'm still here in prison. I'm here because I was wrongfully convicted. They used one eyewitness really as the testimony to put this man in jail. So if I'm the prosecutor, I'm saying, dang, I got to make sure, okay, one, okay, I'm going to make sure I have at least more than one. Or you know, I'm not saying, look, I don't know the, the, the case inside and out. So it, it, to, to a certain degree, it's kind of unfair for me to make those comments. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's too many situations where prosecutors, I remember reading a story about two prosecutors in New York, Johnny D, um, where they wrongfully convicted a man, and they knew they did it. And not, they just retired and got their pension, and they found out that these guys had coerced uh, witnesses to do all and nothing happened to them, nothing, because it's a part of their job. And I'm thinking that's BS. You know, if you're going to use that same analogy where they're just doing their job, then, you know, doctors, what kind of pressure are they under when they're trying to operate, trying to save somebody's life, knowing that if they do something wrong, there's a freak, freaking medical malpractice suit just waiting to happen. So why can't there be a, a prosecution malpractice suit? You put somebody in jail that shouldn't be in jail, damn it, there should be a penalty for that. Saying I'm sorry is not going to give me 43 years of my life back. Period. Oh, you, so you want to go after the jurors, too? I want to fight. Go ahead, John. Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is that this is not an isolated incident. You know, this this happens quite often, and yes. just from a, 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 a historical uh, point of view, um, if you think about some of the individuals who wrote the Constitution, um, you know, mm. they, they most of them either came from, you know, being from attorneys or they were landowners, uh, certainly 56 of them was, was slave owners, but uh, yep. you have what you call legal immunity uh which is a, a a more protected category than than um any type of immunity um qualified immunity for for law enforcement but you have attorney and legal immunity which basically yep. indicates that if you if you're doing your job um prosecuting then you can't be held accountable yep. now it, it, you, to think that most of your state Legislators, at least in, in, in this state here, a lot of them come from the the, ju- the judicial field, so they're attorneys. So they're going to continuously protect themselves with any legal defense. Uh, but what you what you have here with with the governor, you know, you're really tinkering on the violation of the 13th and the 14th Amendment. To be honest, because you know, to to incarcerate a person. And you know that they're innocent. That is that's constitutionally wrong. So whatever group that was part of Mr. Strickland's uh, defense, I think I think I read where back in 2017 they they started working on on his pardon and you know getting evidence. I, I think I would raise that towards the governor in trying to expedite this. But you're exactly right, uh, Jay, when he talks about you know it's 
3,000 other pardons that, that he has on his plate, and this isn't a priority, but yet you know that this individual here has been proven innocent after 42 years of incarceration. You can't give that, that, that man his life back, okay? When he comes out of prison, he's still stuck in 1978, and that's the reality of, of his life. You can't give him enough money. That's going to give him back all the time that he missed. Uh, you know, he had a, he, he had a what seven week old daughter when he went mm-hmm. into prison, and and now this is a forty two year old woman probably with children and grandchildren. You can't get that time back. So mm-hmm. the compensation is just merely a means to say okay. And I think I, I think that it's worth. But damn it, thirteen million dollars. I, I think that, that surely helped. Well, I tell you what, for me it wouldn't. Uh for me it wouldn't. I mean, you know, the cost of the cost of life and the cost of freedom is invaluable. And and to say that there's a price for a person's freedom, it wouldn't be for me. I mean, certainly that would be a, a, a means to get out there and, you know, at least try to restore my life. But you think about the memories, you think about, you know, I hear those doors close in in, in, in my line of work. So I understand what those gentlemen have to go through, and there's no price of money that would ever that, that that would ever vindicate him being wrongly accused. Because not only do so, you, you don't have think that they should get presence, paid, though, Johnny. You I, don't no, think no, that they no, should get I didn't anything, Miss Vanessa? No, I said they should get paid. Okay. I said that. I said that from the onset. I said, but there's no amount of money that can validate a wrongful conviction. You can give them a hundred million dollars, and it still won't. It still won't offset the fact that they lost time with their family. They lost life. When that gentleman comes out, he's still stuck in 1978. I see him do it all the time. I see guys that have been locked up since the early 80s and the late 70s, and when they get out, they have a hard time adjusting because life has moved on. It's moved on. But but, but with that governor. Again, I think that you got a violation of the 13th and 14th Amendment. It, it is clear. You can't hold a person or you can't confine a person or enslave a person, okay? He knows that the guy is innocent, and to leave him incarcerated is against habeas corpus, and I would pursue it that way. But the legal immunity that, that uh, defense attorneys have is one that is kind of foolproof right now. I think as we look at qualified immunity, that's another form of immunity because you see prosecutorial misconduct all the time. Now, you see people getting incarcerated. Um, The majority of the time it's going to be a minority, but it happens all the time, and it's becoming more and more apparent that these guys are doing whatever they have to do in order to get the conviction. They lie, they withhold evidence, and that in and of itself is criminal. But until they get, they, they rid themselves against legal immunity um, and attorney immunity, then there's really not a lot that they can do. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you're, and you know, and you talk about being stuck. You know, I mean, Momo B, you know, we have two minutes left. Let me give you the last two minutes on this one because I want us to hear from you because, you know, your brother went through this. And I I want, you know, I remember because we were all doing the show when this happened and how he, you know, how he had to make the adjustment. You you know, you were kind of joking about when you gave him a cell phone. He's like, what the hell is this? But, you know, the bottom line is this is this is real. I mean, think right. about techn- think about 1978. We were listening to record players, records. You know, some some kids I know haven't even seen one of those. Like, what is that? 
I, I have a cassette. I bought a cassette player because uh, I, I have old cassettes I want to listen to. My daughter's like, hey, Daddy, what is this? I'm like, that's a cassette player. What does it play? Cassettes. What's a cassette? So at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I'm serious. It's like, oh, what is this thing? Is this it? No, that is a VCR thing. What is a VCR? I mean, so technology has improved so much, Momo. So for, right, for, for this to happen, and like you said, just tell us a little bit in the last two minutes we have about what your brother, the transition your brother made uh, uh, when he came from prison. It's awful. First, I want to say, because I never got to address this man, that it's sad that he went through all that and, and they won't even let him out. Like, let him out. Like, come on. Now, I was getting on you about the prosecutor should pay, but I, let's deal with the man. They should let him out because if I'm proven that I don't belong here, the minute I prove it, the minute it's proven, let me out. Just like the minute it's proven that I did something you put me in, the same time you find out I didn't do it, let me out. Don't be like, oh, I got other things to do. Now, yeah, that man deserves a lashing of all sorts for letting that man stay in there. Life is short. He just died tomorrow. He's already 62. Exactly. What are you doing? You know, trying to play around with people's lives. Now, and my brother did a lot of time in jail, and he came out, and he went to jail in the 80s. So I can understand this man went to jail in 78. So I know he was totally messed up, or he's going to be when he get out, because it's way different. My brother didn't know a lot of stuff. The thing about my brother is he swear he's so smart. So that's what even hurt him so much more because he thinks he know it all. <laughs> he thinks he know everything. So when you're a person like that, you come out here in the world world and you don't even know what a cell phone is. You don't know nothing. He went to my, it was my, he got out in January. And it was, we they were celebrating something. And he went to the store. Like, he wanted to buy my grandmother a steak. He's like, I'm going to buy her a steak dinner. He went to the store, and the steak said, let's say, for instance, I don't remember the exact number, but let's say it said $6.98 a pound. He thought that steak cost $6.98. He took that steak up to the register, and they said 30 whatever dollars. He said, it says six ninety eight. Maybe you can share some more stories. I definitely want people to kind of hear that. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side of the J Rock Show. We appreciate you listening. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side of the J Rock Show. Don't go anywhere, peoples. It is a beautiful Father's Day, and uh, you know, hey, listen. So, you know, tell your father that you love him because your father's be getting the short end of the stick. My bad, I've digressed. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Online radio at its best. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps, being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena, and I'm Susan G. Coleman.
Online radio at its best. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
online radio at its best. See, we can't rest till the promise of equality is fulfilled for every one of us in every corner of this nation. That, to me, is the meaning of Juneteenth. That's what it's about. So let's make this, this very Juneteenth tomorrow the first that our nation will celebrate all together as one nation. A Juneteenth of action on many fronts. Again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Eight minutes after the top of the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. When President Joe Biden signed a bill Thursday making Juneteenth a federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States, there was one woman in the room who captured well-deserved attention, Opal Lee was uh, called the grandmother of the movement to make Juneteenth a federal holiday by Biden, who at one point left the stage and walked over to the 94-year-old to speak with her directly. And Vice President Kamala Harris, the first black vice president, also gave Lee her due in her remarks, saying, and looking across this room, I see advocates, activists, the leaders who have been calling for this day for so long, including the one and only Miss Opal Lee. Start right there, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's start this set off with. Uh, let's start off with John. Uh, Johnny, um, you know, a lot of people in Texas, we already knew what Juneteenth was all about, but uh, now that Biden has signed this into a federal holiday, um, you know, when we talk about Juneteenth, uh, what does it mean now that it's a holiday to you, man? And what are you telling your kids about this significant? historical event that happened, because this is the second second time a uh, day has been signed into law. I mean, sign, I mean a, uh, a holiday has been signed into law since uh, MLK birthday, which was back in the 80s by Reagan. Uh, give me your thoughts on this one, man. Yes, you know, to be exact, uh, 83 uh, was uh, Dr. King's uh, holiday. You know, th- this is um, – we, we have got to do better with, with our educational system, and maybe it, it's different now. Uh, until I was in the 11th grade, I, I went to school. I went to all black schools, okay, until I was in the 11th grade and have never heard about Juneteenth. It wasn't until mm. I was a well. soldier and was in Arizona, and, and, I, and I will kid you not, somebody was talking about Juneteenth and um, hanging out, you know, do, doing what knuckleheads do at, at that time. And they were talking about Juneteenth. I'm like, what? What? What is that? And they was like, you mean you from the South and you don't know what Juneteenth is? So, it, you had an educational system that that obviously failed to recognize the significance of a lot of African American history, to be honest, and to have come from a, a, a an African American uh, school system, uh, uh, like I said, again, up to the 11th grade, uh, is. As, as I've gotten older, I understand how much they probably were curtailed um, during that time. You know, you're talking about the 70s and in the 80s, uh, probably the curriculum, you know, wiped that out. Now, there were certainly some strong figures that I saw at school every single day, and, and I appreciated them. But from an academic standpoint, it probably was written out of history, as America has oftentimes tried to do. But the significance of the holiday uh, is, is somber in regards to why we're celebrating it, you know, uh, to enslave a people for 450 years and, you know, to 
to now uh, recognize the end of slavery and just to think that that captive state was even part of part of the the, the history of, of of this rich tradition of people that again is, is somber but at least there's some recognition um, like Kwanzaa I, I think we really need to promote Kwanzaa a lot more so than it is so so my kids have uh, particularly the, the the younger ones uh, they they have been they have more of a historical aspect of it because I myself have been somewhat enlightened and educated uh, you know to have done some of the things that that I've done and been involved with some of the groups that I have, I was still negated from a lot. And, you know, as I've gotten um, more mature in my thoughts, more mature in my age, and, and more responsible in my stewardship towards the community, I have certainly tried to, you know, deposit that into young people coming up. But it, it is a day to celebrate uh I, I'm, I'm glad that President Biden uh, certainly moved forward with that. Um, you know, one of the questions that, that, that you would have to ask is, you know, uh, would this have been able to be accomplished if President Obama was in office, you know? And, mm. you know, that's a question for another time, but yet I'm, I'm honored and, and, and enlightened to see this here and, you know, still trying to educate myself and educate the uh, the young folks on the significance of Juneteenth. I actually had an event um, at at my work site to make sure that that we did some historical aspect of it. Uh, did some 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 events and some some uh, you know just some career development and for for right. some of the guys that we deal with. So you know again, I, I'm glad you took up this topic here, and uh, we'll certainly look towards celebrating it moving forward. Absolutely. Vanessa, here's my question. Vanessa, here's the question that we have for them. What took them so long? We've been getting down with Juneteenth for the longest, right? We really have. But you know what I didn't know? I didn't know that Galveston, Texas, which is where the ship came in with the slaves on it, and then they said, hey, you're free, get off. But I didn't know, Jay, they were already having parades, and I didn't know that they were already given that day off. So uh, it was a surprise to me to find out that it was they were already giving it to their workers yeah. as a holiday, and they were yeah, having somewhere. such big events the entire weekend down there. I mean, I knew they had something, you know, parades, with it, but I didn't know they did a whole weekend thing in Galveston because that's where the ship came in. So I learned something uh, about it, but I, I was waiting to tell y'all, Something that happened yesterday, and I just I snapped like this is a black holiday. I will snap your neck. So I was in app, the Apple Store in, in First Colony, Jay, and this Pakistani lady told this black guy. The black guy walked up and said, "Who's next?" I said, "She's in front of me." The Pakistani lady turned around and tell that boy and put her head up at him. You know, like raise the hand, Felicia, like. Put the hand up at that boy and said, you're interrupting my time with my Apple person. And he said, ma'am, uh, he just like threw his hand up like, forget you. And he said, next, I said, she's next. I went over to that lady and I said, ma'am, you don't put your hand up in that black man's face and blow him up. That, I mean, that lady, mm. that lady mm. put her hand up at me like, and you need to be. 
Bobby had to pull my arm back. And I said, this is a black holiday. I will stomp her Pakistani ass in the middle of the apple store. And I meant that. No, no. Yesterday wasn't the day. This this is my point to this, Jay. Jay, no, no. No, no. Come on, Jay. This is my point to this. Just because white people feel like right up in here, they can try to treat black people any kind of way. You still are a foreigner. You still can't treat me like that. I don't care what color you are. You can't do that black man like that. And because he was at work, like Bobby said, he couldn't say nothing to that lady. So yesterday just wasn't a good day to put your fingers in a black man's face. It just wasn't, and I wasn't going to allow her to do it and get away with it because he couldn't say nothing. So I wasn't paying attention to him, but Bobby said the guy was nodding his head like, thank you. And so when the Apple person came to me, she she was very apologetic. But if you ain't from America, if you ain't from the United States, I don't oh, – Jay. Yeah, I'm listening, Vanessa. I'm, I'm listening. Go ahead, Vanessa. I'm do your thing. I'm Jay, listening. he was a tall man, <laughs> maybe a little bit taller than you, Jay. He was a big okay. guy. And for you to disrespect him like that on a black holiday, I just wasn't having it, Jay. I wasn't thank you, having Vanessa. It. No. Uh, thank no, you. No, Jay, you. you always do that to me. That's wrong. No, it's not wrong, Vanessa. You are—you just read whoop somebody's ass at Apple. You told us—you told us about a potential <laughs> crime that you were about to commit at the Apple store. <laughs> Look, Jay, just in case law enforcement officers are listening. Huh? Jay, she was being disrespectful to a black man. I'm sorry, no, and I, I wasn't it. gonna have it. And it's good. I'm glad you did that. He couldn't say nothing. He couldn't say you nothing. Could. But she did that to him on a black holiday. There you go. Mm. The, the, the mother stepped up and did what she did. Don't you ever disrespect a black man? Kudos for you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did it because you know they think they can talk to us any which way. So good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm making light of it, but you know I mean, come on. I understand the significance of what you're saying and, and why you did it. And you know, and and, I, and I'm thinking now. Here's the thing. I'm not sure if we're gonna have enough time in this segment. I wish I'd have gave it more time because you know we have a few more minutes. All right. You know because when we talk about Juneteenth and you know, uh, for Jackie and for Momo, you know, like Vanessa said, we've been celebrating this in Texas for the longest. And, you know, just for those who may not be aware of it, uh, the fact that, you know, these people still had slaves in Texas two years after the Mason Proclamation. And they yeah. had a I think, I think, oh, a federal, right. I think they sent a federal uh, uh, person there to say, hey, you need to release these people. Hey, y'all Period. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it, and it, you know it, this, this is almost as, this is kind of like what we talked about during our last segment, keeping people, you know, uh, incarcerated and, and uh, you know, suppressed because of the fact that you want to continue to impress your white privilege and power right. over right. folks. That is the same comparison. You it's definitely that's the same thing. The same comparison. Damn it near. is the same thing. You're absolutely yeah. right. Go ahead, Momo. Sound like you were trying to say something. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the sad part about it is we gravitate towards it. Like, oh, they throw us a bone. Like, oh, now Juneteenth is a federal holiday. It should have been one long time ago. You got all these other stupid holidays for no reason. You got 
You got President's Day. Remember they used to be a George Washington Day, a Lincoln Day, and then they just said, oh, let's do one President's Day. But before that, he had his own day. This one had his own day. I'm like, what is going on here? And now you see, now they said, okay, President's Day, one day. Okay, good. They need to take President's Day, Momo. And they need to make it a free day off to go vote. You got a whole bunch of days that um, you could make, and everybody got it. You how how do you come about that? Now all of a sudden, Juneteenth is everybody supposed to be happy. Yeah, okay, I'm happy. I've been happy. I didn't realize that that was a real day until I think I don't know. I was grown when I realized it. When I was in school, I didn't know nothing about it. But when I was grown, I figured it out, found it out, learned it, whatever happened. I didn't learn it in school. I'll tell you that. But I learned about it. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I did my research on that. I'm like, okay. It, 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 Texas brought it out. But Texas was two years behind. And I'm telling you, there were still more slaves after Juneteenth. There was still some yeah. more. Y'all don't know yeah. about them, but there was. There probably still some today. We don't know. Yeah. Well, they talked about a loop, they talked about a loophole where uh, you know um, law the, the police was allowed to, to round up black folks and have them work for the, you know for businesses and things. I mean, it's just so much stuff, Jackie. When you kind of go back and look at our history, but this is a day I think that everybody should look at and commemorate. But at the end of the day, you know, in Texas, you know, you know, once again, uh, Texas. I, I think we're just going to have a tex- Texas segment every week because every week they are doing things that you say, my God. What is going on? We're going to talk about one of the just ridiculous things that this guy has done, but another ridiculous thing that this governor has done. He signed a, a bill into law saying that they can't, if you talk about you know slavery in a derogatory way, it's against the law. We touched on this a few weeks back, but Ted Cruz has taken it to a different level, saying the reason why this law is in place is because, you know, all this bad teaching about slavery makes white kids hate themselves for what their ancestors done. I mean, what the hell? I mean, my, these are people that represent us. And this is what this fool said. And so you, a lot of people don't know what it's all about because it's like they're not it's really allowed to talk about this stuff. Theory, Jay. It's exactly. Critical. Race well, that's theory. the official term for it. Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly what it is. What say you, Jackie? Just unbelievable. <laughs> so, so, uh, so white kids feel bad. <laughs> yeah, we don't want white kids to feel bad about themselves. <sighs> really? Is that? Are you even? We were we were only on slave ships. Being brought in our own pee, in our own urine, be sold to the highest bidder. (laughs) There you go. Woosah it out, Jackie, because that's exactly what people should be saying. I mean, we're worried about how white kids feel about themselves. I mean, this is just garbage. It's garbage, and when you listen to this stuff, when you listen to it, Mr. Elias, when you say it out loud, you say to yourself, what the hell are we talking about? You know, when they had cartoons, they drew comic books about slavery, and they had the little black boy, you know, with a big smile on his face, with his white family, with a smile on his face, and slaves and masters lived together in harmony, ha, 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 but then turn roots on. You remember when Roots came out? The next day we went to school, Mr. Elias, what were we doing? We were ready to fight. Fighting. We were, I know I was fighting. 
Oh, you were fighting. Okay, I was ready to I fight, but you were actually throwing. You was exchanging blows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, All right, I'll give you the last two minutes, Mr. Elias. Well, you know something, man. I, I, you know, I remember my grandmother, man, as a kid talking about June, uh, Juneteenth, and, wow. and I, okay. I've known about it for years. Yeah, she's and my and the, and the mother, and the mother was to Beatrice Wyndham. She said, "You know what them dirty that bastards did in Texas? They held them for two years after slavery. Now, how is that? How how the white man think they're gonna treat you fairly?" And my grandmother was half white. When I met my uncle. When I met my uncle for the first time, his name was Sam Lovelace. I was like, what's that white man doing in our living room? That. My, grandma, my grandmother was half white. So she, 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 couldn't, she was like Malcolm X's uh, mom. She couldn't stand the whiteness in her because she knew that. And, and she made my, my grandfather was black as coal. So I've known about Juneteenth for years, for years. I just, we just never celebrated it. Because you said that they held those kids. You said could not believe that they held these people for two years, even after slavery right. was gone. She said she, it was, it was, she said she talked about it for years with me. And I would just sit there and listen to the stories that she told about, you know, how, how dirty the white man was and how they, how they treated him back in the day. So, you know, Juneteenth, you know, what about the reparations? What about the 40 mules? What about the 40 acres and the mule? Where's, where's mm. that at? Where's that? Right. You know, don't, let's talk about reparations. Let's just don't stop mm-hmm. at Juneteenth exactly. that you gave me a, a holiday. Let's talk about reparations. Pay me what I'm learned that from uh, Black History Month. A month is a month. Is that what happens for the rest of the mm-hmm. year? You're right. Yeah, wow. You're right. Slaves built this country. And, uh, you know, we talked about this last mm-hmm. week about playing Monopoly and all of the, the properties bought. I mean, you know, what's up with us? We talked about Tulsa. You know, all this stuff plays in together. It's just ridiculous. That's what they do. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're gonna step out, take a break. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rowell Show. Three four seven eight five zero one two. Be quiet. We'll be right back after this. Jesus. Online radio at its best. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, both of my daughters were pregnant, and everything I was looking forward to turned into everything I was going to miss. First words, first steps. Being there for my grandchildren, for my daughters. Today, those babies are three. I'm with them all the time. I don't know what's next, but I know I'm here today. My name is Alanthea Pena, and I'm Susan G. Coleman.
Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, of course, you know what time it is. It's time to say good morning to our peeps, to the people who help make this show possible every Sunday. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa May Bell from the Mackinac. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. I just love y'all, especially today for some reason. Y'all make my heart smile. Good morning. Oh, well, I thought we did it every Sunday, but okay, we'll take this if it's on this Sunday and this Sunday alone. Thank you so much. What's going on, Jackie? How are you? I am doing well. Again, say happy and blessed Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Much love to you always. Oh, wow. Thank you for all the dads. And uh, what's going on, Momo in the easy? Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Mama B is good. Y'all lifted my spirit from a terrible week, but it's Father's Day. I'm getting ready to take my father for a beautiful surprise. So I'm the cowboy. Excited. Yeah, the cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. Uh, all right, John. To one of the best fathers that I know, Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm blessed and just grateful and thankful to be here. My man, and the man the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Happy Father's Day to you, my man. What's going on? Well, happy Father's Day to all the fathers, and happy Father's Day to all my father, uh, Mr. Lester Moore Senior, and good morning to you, Momo B. Uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, Mariana Music. The songs that were played was Bob. Uh, the first one was Mr. Mahogany by LaRae Starr, and after that we had Jeff Lober, uh, no that wasn't Jeff Lober, that was, uh, yeah it was Jeff Lober, Point, it was Point Jeff Venus, Lover. Yeah, yeah it was Jeff Lober, Point Venus, and uh, good morning my brother Jerome, and good morning my brother uh, Hawk. You know, I'm reading some of the comments, and, and you know, usually uh, during uh, State Your Case, we read comments, but I'm looking at something, um, and uh, one young lady is saying that uh, y'all better wish uh, all the single mothers Happy Father's Day as well. I'm like, huh, I don't know about that one. Okay. How y'all feel about that? You think that we should be saying Happy Father's Day to single mothers? No. Yeah. No. R- yeah. Wrong. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> No. Uh-uh. This uh, is Daddy's Day. This is Daddy's Day to be honored. But they're uh-huh. saying that single mothers. I guess the point is that a single mother is both the mother and the father. So I don't think the father that. They had Mother's dog, Day. But that's son. Yeah, really. You, you know, I know somebody who hasn't said anything. is Johnny. <laughs> hey, John, you want to push your opinion on this one, brother, or are you just going to stay silent to protect the innocent? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, I feel real strong about this right here, to be quite honest. You know, it, it, it's we like only I have two minutes. <laughs> well, you know what? This this is really a conversation that 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 we have to have as 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 a black family, because okay. unfortunately, so many mothers who are raising their children by themselves. So we got to restore the black family. But like I always tell my wife, uh. you can't teach him how to be a man. So. Therefore, uh, fathers are fathers and mothers are mothers. I respect the uh, fact that there's a lot of single mothers out there that's raising yeah. their kids. I expect the, respect the fact that there's fathers who are raising their kids. But the reality of it is, yeah. is that there is no transitional relationship here. You know, the father we is the em. father and the mother is the mother. 
Look, you got them going. Hey, should we put this on the topic for next week, uh, Johnny? What do you think? Yeah, you should. And I got something to say. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk. Absolutely. All right, well, there you go. There it is. One of the topics for next week. <laughs> the black family, the structure yeah. of the black family. Should be a fun conversation. Tune in for that because that will be coming next week. And I can't wait well, to no, hear I got more. I right now. Uh, okay, you have 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> so my thing is, I've been, I've been a single parent for years. And every time Mother's Day comes, Happy Mother's Day, yeah, yeah, I get it. Happy Father's Day. I don't like to be somebody Happy Father's Day. I say, my kids got a father. Like, what are you, what, why are you telling me Happy Father's Day? They have a father. I don't know if he, he, he could do more, if you ask me. But they still got a father. And their, their father's good to them. Like, he is. So, um, don't tell me happy Father's Day. <laughs> I'm a girl. No. I'm a true lady. I wear high heels. <laughs> Oh, okay, so thank you so much. Okay, there it is. I, you know, I knew it. I knew it was, just, it was going to turn at some point. Thank you, Momo Beezy and Nahizi. All right, next topic. <laughs> they fought for freedom. They fought for liberty. Governor Greg Abbott called the Alamo the cradle of liberty in Texas, signing the 1800s bloodshed. They knew as much as anybody the necessity of being able to carry a weapon for the purpose of defending yourself against attacks by others. The ceremonial signing of gun legislation began with permitless carry. Constitutional carry is now law in Texas. No longer will law-abiding Texans be required to obtain a license to carry handguns. The law also strips the need for training and a state background check. San Antonio and Maureen Hansen is among those opposed to permitless carry. Just not anybody can come up and have a gun. We don't know their mental state, you know, background, criminal history. It needs to be regulated. Abbott signed a number of bills that limit federal government intervention. He declares Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state. This helps to shield Texas and Texans uh, from overreaching federal government laws that we will not allow any Texan to enforce in the Lone Star State. The Texas legislature also passed a law allowing travelers to store firearms in their hotel rooms. The NRA's executive vice president, Wayne LaPierre, made an appearance praising the path Texas is taking. And it's an increasingly dangerous world. People want to be able to protect themselves and... Uh, Thank God Texas is leading the way for the country in making that possible. Over the past two legislative sessions, Texas lawmakers have passed 17 bills that strengthen gun owner rights. Oh, boy. Wow. Uh, where do you begin with this one? All right. So, um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one, to be honest with you. But, you know, my goodness. So, Greg Abbott has, uh, Texans can now carry handguns without license or training or without some type of psychiatric evaluation starting September 1st because Greg Abbott signed this thing into law. I mean, you know, we talked about the possibility of it happening. Well, the reason why we're talking about it today because he it is effective September 1st. That people have the right to carry guns with no training, no mental evaluation. Oh, so you mean you can carry them in hotel rooms? I mean, John, you know, you talked about you know when we talked about this a few weeks ago uh, about the possibility of Texas making this law. 
But now that it's happened, you say you were accustomed to because Phoenix, Arizona, uh, was one of these zones. So are you telling me Phoenix, you didn't have to have training? You didn't have to have a mental evaluation that you can just go and buy a gun and put in your hotel room and, you know, put it in your car in the garage? I mean, so, I mean, were the laws this lax? Because to me, these are lax laws. I mean, so basically we're saying, hey, go get a gun. Do your thing. You can carry it. Concealed? I'm not sure if does it have to be concealed. I don't know. I have to go and look that up. Can you just walk around with it holstered? Like, you know, this is, you know, the Big Valley or Bonanza or something. I mean, what the hell's going on? Yeah, if it's open carry, Dan, of course, you don't have to have it concealed. Matter of fact, most states uh, go against the concealed carry without some restrictions. But, you know, back in the 90s when when, when I referenced Arizona, I can't say I knew what the laws were. I mean, I, I was living in a whole different mindset then. So if you tell me that I could carry a gun open and I go to the park, I carry the gun open going to the park. So it mm. didn't matter if I had an idea or what have you. So I was living a whole different lifestyle then. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I'll say this here, um, you know, from a, from from a perspective of the judicial and the law enforcement community, this is a, this is a bad a bad sign um, and a bad trend, and other states will probably latch on as well. I know sometimes Texas can be uh, extreme, but then I also reference the fact of the uh, district, the federal district court judge in in California, who basically opened the market up for AR-15s. Criminals mm. carry guns illegally now, okay? So for all of those who are out there saying the bad guys are carrying the guns now, well, guess what? It's going to be more bad guys that's going to carry the guns now. And you mm. look at the fact that there's more killings on the border of Texas because of the cartels. Now, you transition that over into the central part of that state. Texas is huge, but there's already a, 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 a plethora of killings that's going on for people who who – try to be abiding by the laws and the regulations, and then they, they, they also find themselves as, as convicted felons or, or what have you saying, you know what, I, I can't purchase a gun because there's so many restrictions and laws. It's a reason why you have to have some type of, um, um, you know, some, some type of mental health evaluations and some laws in order to regulate it. I just think that this is a bad precedence, and, you know, you're opening up a market that um, already we got a volatile society. Uh, this year alone, I think, I, you know, I, I saw on the news this morning where it was 269 mass shootings already. You know, people mm-hmm. are getting killed at a higher rate than in any year that I can yep. go back and, you know, without reading books and say, mm-hmm. you know what, that this is probably the most – provocative year when it comes to gun violence and now you open up these loose gun regulations and what it is is that fear you know you you got a you got a certain demographic of people that's fear that wants to impose the will because the truth of the matter is most of them got guns anyway okay and the face of terrorism has changed and now you're making it even more transparent to those individuals who want to get out there and destroy the communities or just simply try to intimidate somebody by having it. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. So it's, 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 it's fear-mongering, and 
and it's based off of a, a line because I promise you that there'll be more challenges for minorities to purchase weapons than it will for Caucasians to, to carry weapons. So it is what it is. It's another extremist version where it's either all or nothing, and that right there seems to be the common thread in America. You know, you, either you're for me or you're against me, and everything yep. is so extreme. There's no moderation. No moderation at all. You know, Vanessa, we live here in Texas, and you talked about how you and Bobby were going to go out and, you know, do some shooting and all this other stuff. It's it's a situation where Greg Abbott is saying, hey, you know, guess what? You're responsible for making sure you know how to handle yourself uh, if you purchase a weapon and walk around with a weapon. But the thing is, what he's not taking into consideration, and I said this when I was talking to a friend yesterday about this, these people sign these things into law because they know damn well they don't have to live in that environment. Texas, you know, Greg Abbott, if, you know, when he's no longer governor, he's not going to be, you know, subject to this. He's going to always have security around him. So, you know, they don't have to worry about this stuff. They know that no one's going to be able to walk up to them and shoot them, not easily anyway, but they're not going to be living amongst the masses. And so you worry about gun violence, you know, giving people the permission just to walk around with a gun. Just go buy it and, you know, just, you know, hey, forget it. Don't worry about it. And they don't give a damn about the revenue that it brought to the state because, remember, before you had to go out and buy the gun license and do all these different things. Now it's like, hey, just go out and buy. So the state is not getting that revenue. I mean, this guy is, I mean, he is a stone-cold fool. No, no. Don't leave out the fact that this, okay. Don't leave out the fact that they are cutting our electricity and take it, cutting people's thermometers up in the middle of the night where their thermostats are going to 75 degrees if they got this special thermostat. And then they put out a warning telling us last week, it's a heat wave. Y'all need to start washing y'all clothes between, you can't wash your clothes between 2 o'clock and 10 o'clock. Have they lost their damn minds? You gonna tell me I can't wash my clothes because you don't want to take the money to fix the grid that just froze us to death, but you want to take our money and go build a wall in Texas? He has lost his mind. He's crazy. And you know what? You know, Miss Elliott. Go ahead, Vanessa. Yesterday, go ahead. Day, yesterday yeah. we were at the RV place, and these are Republicans that are at the RV place that we bought. Guess what the Republicans what? were saying yesterday? Without even saying they were Republicans, but they were. Greg Abbott got to go. Oh, wow. He's crazy. Over him. He's crazy. Even the Republicans don't like him. And you know, you know, and 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 uh, uh, you know, Jackie uh, Johnny brought this up uh, during in the first segment of the show, the first block of the show, how you know the voters, the vo- the, you know the, the the Voting Rights Act, and how you know this is going to be dead on arrival. You know, the, the te- you know Texas uh, Democrats walked out of the state legislature to prevent the governor and the Republicans from putting in these these uh, laws to prevent people from voting. So this guy. A law saying, "Hey, guess what? We're we're not going to pay you. So since you're not here, we're not going to pay not only you but your staffers. So he's taking 
an equal branch of co-government at the state level and saying, hey, if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm not going to pay you, which is against the state's constitution and the United States Constitution. I mean, this, this Negro, I mean, ooh, this person has lost his damn mind. He's like, he's a freaking dictator. Why are you shocked at this when you had the I am shocked at the head Jackie, of the I am Jack I'm shocked. When you had the head of the dictators you had the head of the dictators running the whole country. Yeah. But that's so obviously he's a he's a Trumpite thinking that he can do the same dang thing. It's like <sighs> when you got stuff I, I get it shouldn't be happening. No question. Look, we're all there with you, but but when you have the the, the head Trump heading the, running the country doing these foolish things, hey, they, you're gonna have these Trumpites that's gonna try to follow suit. Uh, okay, that ain't making me feel any better. Sorry, I, I know I know that shouldn't be happening, but mm-hmm. when you got these Trumpites running around, uh, why are you uh, shocked? I don't know. Right, getting away with it, right? Shouldn't be getting away with it, but here yeah, we are. He's, he is. He is. We are. You're right. We have. Uh, I mean, we have 90 seconds left on this topic. Uh, Momo B, let me give you a quick. Uh, let me give you a quick 30. Then Mr. Elias, the rest of the time is yours. Go ahead, Momo. This is crazy. Well, what do you want me to say after Vanessa and Jackie? What? What? What else you need? Hey, just drop the mic. That's all you have to do. All right, so <laughs> drop it. All right, Mr. Elias, uh, you get the last word on this one, brother. Go ahead. Unbelievable. Look, man, this guy, he don't, he doesn't care nothing about Texas, man. That's that's obvious. All he, he he's playing to a base, and that's what he's going to do. He's going to keep playing to the base, and that's what they do. Right. They play to their base, man. And uh, you know, it, that, it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not surprising. You know, think about what's like the, like the lady said. Think about what's going on with with, with with Trump right now. They're playing to a base. They don't care because because believe it or not, some people are gonna still vote Republican no matter what. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, based on what Vanessa said, hopefully that won't happen. Maybe they'll wake up and smell the coffee and realize that this guy is a stone cold fool and an idiot. And what he is doing is really endangering my life, my kid's life, and I don't take that lightly. I mean, this is just unbelievable, but, you know, we have to leave it there. All right, you know what time it is. It's time for State Your Case, Pastor Steve's State Your Case, where we read comments from the World Famous Chat Room and from social media, and we have a lot of them. But, Mr. Elias, you know, you go first. You have anything you want to contribute from the chat room? I don't have anything in that, Jay. All right, let me get moving then. So uh, Pastor Steve says, peace and blessings, family. Happy Father's Day to all my brothers on the show. Jay, I can hear the passion in your voice about the brother that was wrongfully accused. This is a tragedy. I am just as upset as you are. Thank you guys for bringing this to our attention. This is why I think that this show is the best thing out there, period. I'm telling my friends and congregations that they must listen. I appreciate that, Pastor. Uh, Paul, oh, I lost the comments. I'm sorry, Paul. All right, Mariana Music, uh, happy Daddy Day to my favorite men in the world, Johnny, Mr. L, to the E, to the S. Jay, you better say it that way. I did. And to Mr. J. Ryle. And to my wonderful father who brought me into this crazy world, my papa, my daddy-o, my my, uh, big daddy, Mr. P., 
I know you are listening. I love you with all my heart. Oh, look at Marianna Music. What's up, Marianna Music's father? We appreciate you for giving her us her. She's pretty. All right, uh, Samika from Washington, D.C. Why haven't I heard... What she said. Why haven't I heard of this show until now? I'm digging the vibe and the topics. Why is this not promoted more on iHeartRadio? Samika, I don't know. I mean, uh, if you're listening to iHeartRadio, then thank you, but I'm not sure. I don't know why. Uh, Kevin, Michigan City, the jazz cut, who made that? It was Jeff Lober. Uh, glad that y'all played it in its entirety. Me and Marietta Music have something in common. We both dig music. the music selections each Sunday. You dig? You dig it? I dig it, Kevin. Mr. Hampton, California, uh, from Chicago. Kudos for Johnny to use. What is this? Kudos for Johnny to use your phrase, Jay, change the channel on and to use John's own term, retrobate. To talk about a man and something much more important than that idiot. Oh, okay, I knew what he said. All right, you're right. Uh, and Phyllis from uh, Splendora, Texas. Great topics. Uh, I'm sorry I can't read the rest. We are running out of time, but you know what time it is. Online radio at its best. It's time for our final thoughts, and since we have a full crew, I decided to cut the comments off so people can get all the time they need to say goodbye to our audience. Vanessa, you are up first. Final thoughts. My final thoughts are, unfortunately, I would not suggest that anybody move to Texas unless they're like Elliot and have an armory with them. Um... (laughs) Pray, pray for our state. I mean, I know I always say pray for the country, but pray for our state because it's, it's, it's our governor is he, he's setting it up for the wild, wild west. And um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's, for the first time in a long time, I'm just speechless of regarding what I hear the concern in your voice. I know one thing Bobby said. I know one thing Bobby said. Vanessa, you can't go over there and jump in nobody's face because somebody else might be packing a gun. So, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't right. go jump in nobody's face when they stick their finger in my face. So that's the reason why Bobby and I have decided to get a gun so that if you won't be the only one in the room with a gun, and uh, we want to go take classes and learn how to shoot because we're going to have to defend ourselves. And it's, star, it's terrible that we have a governor who's setting it up where we have to, at yep. this age, 65 and almost 60, go get a gun, Mike. I mean, go get a gun and then learn how to use it. That's just crazy. But pray for us, everybody, and happy Father's Day. Y'all have a great week. Thank you, Vanessa. And I can hear the concern in your voice. This is a legitimate concern. I mean, it really is, because Bobby and Vanessa's going to get guns. They're not gun owners. They don't know anything about that stuff. What happens if somebody walks up and takes a gun out their hand and shoot them? What if they miss shoot somebody else? I mean, this is crazy. It's just something. That, military, we're yeah. trained to kill people, and we go, we, we go to basic training for two months, and they're giving people weapons. Just, man, this is what? nuts. Anyway, all right, Jackie, uh, final thought. Huh? huh? We can't just what, what? walk around and not have a gun in Texas. No, I agree. I agree. You, you, but you, you, you crystallized it perfectly by saying because of our crazy governor, now y'all have to go out and get guns, and other people are thinking like you. So we're gonna have all these people who are not accustomed to handling weapons, uh, walking around with weapons. 
look what happened to him. Who was that uh, player? Who was that? Uh, was it Burgess that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers and shot himself? Plexico Burgess was. Yeah, shot himself Plexico with a gun. Yeah, if you don't know what down. you're doing, yeah. you go. You know, you shouldn't be handling the weapon. But you know, this yep. is Texas. Jackie, final thoughts. Well, great show. Definitely, my prayers will be Texas. I mean, I just think about that. Remember, remember the rap song Kumo D, the Wild Wild West. That's what it's Wild Wild West. West. Going, Made a video about there. it back in the '80s. Uh, uh, right. So uh, all I can say is, look, c- c- come to Paris with me. That's why I'm proud <laughs> because I'm about to ditch America as a whole. Feel free okay. to. They, so you said Paris. Paris. You said Paris. Where they like black, where they seem to like black That's people. Paris. Yeah, first he's Canada. Oh. Hey, hey, back in the day, Josephine Baker. That's what she oh, did. God. Became a French citizen. They like All black right. people over there. Well, get you a banana <laughs> skirt and you can do your thing over there, Jackie. Good luck to that. All right, uh, <laughs> Momo B. Uh, final thoughts. <laughs> Paris. Yeah, Jackie was going to Canada first. Now she's going to Paris. That's funny. Yeah. But okay. I hear you, Jackie. I hear you. My thing is, I don't like, what I don't like is the death and the the dying and people, like, it's just too much for me. Like, first I was all bored, like, okay, you want to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it and talk about it, then it got too sad to talk about Like, if you notice, my Trayvon Martin on the explosion, that was the last show I ever did, because that was too much. I couldn't even believe what happened. It was just too much. Yeah. That was the last internet show that done explosion. That was it for me. I was done with it. And I still mm. feel done in my heart because I'm like, I don't know what to do to help the situation. I even have a black son, and I, I did all I can to help him, and thank God he's all right. But the, the, it ain't over. He's still got the rest of his life to live. It ain't no age limit on killing black men. So I don't even know what to do no more. So I'm just so I'm just so torn between trying to yep. pick up for the black man, the black man, mm-hmm. and then we have our own black men dying of just natural causes because we're getting older, and I can't deal with that either. I can't deal with nothing. Like, it's just too much for me. So I just, I don't know what to do. I just want to stay in my house and turn off the TV and shut up. Oh, well, you don't want you to do that because the world be missing the, uh, what, you know, it's what you spew is something that the world needs to hear. So uh, please don't do that. And uh, obviously, you know, we, well, okay. uh, we mourn you your loss. No, I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said, but okay. <laughs> Johnny T, man, final thoughts. <laughs> you know, re- re- real quickly, um, one, one thing I will say to, to, to the lovely Miss Momo B, I've never met her, but certainly uh, if, if you associated with Jay, then, then, then you have to be on the up and up. Um, but the reality of it is, is that don't give up, keep the faith. Um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers, the ones who have passed and gone on, the ones who are currently the ones in the future. Um, on a light note, Jay referenced his cassette tapes. Now, <laughs> I'm hoping that one of those Bodacious Crew cassette tapes didn't, didn't contain... That Miami sound that we used to ride up and down the highway with and, and, and tear Germany up with because your daughter will never be the same if she got a hold of one of them. God bless everybody. 
Oh, man, brother, thank you so much. And I got some of those, too, man. I'm going to make a burn some CDs or make them MP3s and send them to you. Just to, when you're sitting around, when you're by yourself, you can go back to 1985, 86-87. We did it up. We did it up. <laughs> I got him. I even got you on tape talking about Johnny D and the place to be. I got it. I got all that stuff. <laughs> That's where I got that from, from the man himself. All right, man. The man who gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the ETS, man. Final thoughts. Look, folks. Um, wow. Happy Father's Day to all the brothers out there that are doing what you're supposed to do. And, uh, look, Texas, <laughs> I consider moving to Texas until, you know, <laughs> I know. and your power grid and everything else is going on in Texas. Now, I, when I retire, I don't want to move to Texas at all. I don't want no part of Texas. Yeah. But I will come visit you because it's a, it's a lovely city. But, folks, think about this. This man is, is passing. They're passing laws. They don't even care about what's going on, how it's going on, how it's going to affect you, or what's going to affect you. They're just going to, they're going to do whatever they want to. So if you got a dictator in place, vote them out of office. If you don't want to, if you don't vote, you don't have a voice. And for those who don't think your vote counts because the person you voted for didn't win, then you make no common sense whatsoever. If you have enough people to win a vote, you're just like Donald Trump by saying he won the election even though he had less votes. Get out and vote, folks. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. Oh, boy. And in the last few seconds we have left, I want to take this opportunity to wish my beautiful middle daughter, the love of my life, Miss Alexis, happy birthday tomorrow, sweetheart. Your daddy loves you more than life itself. And I just can't wait to see you later on today. And on that note, Mr. L to the E to the S, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you. Thank you so much for your support, and we appreciate it more than you'll ever know. So, for Vanessa, for Jackie, for Momo B, for my main man, Johnny D, and Mr. Elias, I'm J. Rob saying have a wonderful work day, work week. Happy Father's Day, Father, Father. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the J. Rob Show. God bless everybody. See you next week if it's God's will. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.